Welcome to Kind of Credible, the Full Circle podcast. Uh, today's guest, we have Father Tom. Um, thank you for coming in today. Absolutely. Uh, I want to hand it off to Zach for uh, the intro for, our, for today. Yeah, so I just had a quick warm-up question for everybody. Um, I just want to know what your guys' favorite Michael Jackson song is, and why, maybe. <laughs> do, you wanna, do, do we kind of want to start with letting Father Tom talk a little bit here first or um, we can go right into the Michael Jackson this question. is this I'm is a warm-up question yeah, yeah. and just, then we'll get into that this okay, was like cool. supposed to be quick I don't know if I have a good answer for it but it's quick okay all right um I'm gonna go with a lesser known Michael Jackson song carousel not a lot of people know it I sang it for the fifth grade talent show and uh, I I killed it nice I don't know I don't want to go with uh to I don't know what would you say, basic song I guess. This one, this one's a little bit out there, but um, "Don't Matter to Me" by uh, Drake, and it's featuring Michael Jackson. Okay, I was surprised you didn't say the like Justin Timberlake one they did. Oh, I know what you're talking about. That one's yeah. a little different. Um, my answer would be Billie Jean. I like that one, <laughs> just because it's fun to sing. My instinctual answer was Billie Jean, just because mm. like that's the song that pops into my head. But um, I am old enough, because I'm an old, old man, uh, <laughs> to have, like, you know, watched his music videos on MTV when they used to actually show music videos on MTV. Oh, and so, and especially as the weather's starting to get colder right now, or at least this week it has been, and, you know, we'll move into October here pretty soon. Of course, I think of Thriller and the video for Thriller and the ridiculous mm. dances and all this <laughs> kind of stuff that everybody's doing in the video. So I'm going to go with Thriller. I remember watching that um, on MTV and just eating that up as a kid. So, yeah. Mm. That's it's fantastic. It's definitely more of a Halloween vibe song. Oh, yeah. So I get what you're saying. And it's scary good. Michael Jackson at the end with the eyes. You know, it's, <laughs> it's yeah, it's, it's good. Indeed. The Quincy Jones intro. I appreciate that. Oh, okay, I don't know what that means. Oh, and the Vincent Price, <laughs> the Vincent Price uh, did a little piece in that video too. He was oh, a great oh. like uh, a horror master. So yeah, that was cool. Hmm, okay, yeah. So Ron, you have any questions? All Let's right. just get to well, know Father like, Tom. I think. I'm just going right in uh, to Father Tom. So I, this is kind of, I guess it's two separate questions, but I kind of tied them together. So I had. Like, just the most important part of your job and your favorite? Because you can kind of have two different answers for that. Ah, That's good. That's excellent. Yeah. So, um, totally unprepared here. Um, (laughs) Well, actually, I think in this case, they do kind of correspond. I think the most important part of my job as a priest is celebrating the sacraments and um, most especially the Eucharist, which in the, the Catholic Church we call kind of the source and summit of our faith. So this is like the most important prayer we have, the most important thing we do. And um, it's one of the things that made me want to be a priest is, you know, when you're growing up and you're serving on the altar as an altar server and you're thinking about, yeah, maybe I could do that. Or when, you're, when I was in college here and kind of kicking around what I wanted to do, um, that there was a draw to, to celebrate the Eucharist, certainly. So that, I think, is probably the most important kind of daily life-giving thing I do for the, the good of the church, and it's also one of my favorite things to do. So um, I know you didn't ask this, but I'm going to say it anyhow. Because um, some people will ask, what's your least favorite part of the job? Maybe that's a follow-up you have. I don't know. But um, I will. I'll be—this is no secret. I've told people this before. My least favorite thing 
uh, in the priesthood is um, wedding rehearsals. <laughs> because they're always like, well, they usually start about 15 to 20 minutes late because one of the groomsmen got lost and couldn't find the church. Uh, they are like chaotic. There's more people there than you really need to run the rehearsal. People are going to forget pretty much everything, you know, by the next day anyhow, and you're going to lead them through it. But, you know, um, so it's not my favorite thing to do. I don't look forward to like Friday afternoons or evenings when I have one of those and like, ooh, I have a wedding <laughs> rehearsal tonight. Um, so, I'll, yeah, I'll be honest about that. Weddings are wonderful. I love weddings. They're beautiful. You know, it's just the rehearsal part. Some in the last couple of weeks and... We have. We had 20 weddings in 2020 booked, and Jeez. we have done 11 of those 20 so far. We've got nine more to go. There's another one this weekend. Father Chuck, my predecessor as chaplain here, is coming back to do that. So uh, last weekend we had a couple weddings, and of course we're restricted in how many we can have in the chapel right now and mm-hmm. um, how they're seated and all of those things, but we're making it work. We were down to, at one point in the spring, we had a couple weddings uh when we could only have 10 people including me and the bride and the groom so it's like me bridegroom couple witnesses parents and the videographer who was live streaming this for all of their guests who could not attend in person so i'm glad we're out of that situation but we're still not you know filling the chapel up for weddings but yeah that was a pretty good question right yeah yeah good one yeah um so well i guess kind of something that is somewhat tied to that like you said, well, obviously, I would assume you like your job, and uh, <laughs> just as it's okay, like uh, I'm not Catholic, but I I do notice that you bring like a certain like a I want to say vibe or like feeling to campus, and then even to like the community of St. Ambrose, where it's just it's very welcoming and a uh, like an open community, which this brings up a story from uh, from I think it was the first week on campus. And I was walking into Cosgrove, and I saw you walking from towards Ambrose Hall, uh-huh. and uh, I waved at you, which you don't really know me, but you waved back, and I was like, <laughs> I was just sitting there thinking, I'm like, he has no idea who I am, but but I know who he is, and every other student is, so I think mm-hmm. that's I think that's super cool that like the chapel's welcoming and you're very welcoming, and just kind of a funny story. I thought you yeah. might appreciate. I'm glad that. to hear you say that because yeah. sometimes we're not always so good at that or we kind of lose sight of that, but it's important. But I've been finding too, during this whole COVID thing with the masks and everything, I think I'm saying hi to more people than I used to because I, I'm not sure if I know them or not. Cause I can only see <laughs> half of their face. I'm like, Hey, yeah. how are you doing? Good to see you. Have a good day. You know, being extra friendly probably right now. And uh, plus, you know, normally if you're walking past someone, you could smile at them or whatever, but I mean, if you smile yeah. with a mask on, no one has a clue what you're doing. Yeah. So you yeah. kind of have to make that effort to talk to them and say hi. So yeah. I think that's kind of cool. Well, keep waving. I'll keep waving back. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I kind of figured I, I look probably like 20 other people that you actually know. So you have no idea. <laughs> it's just like, yeah, I know you by association. Uh-huh. Like you hang out yeah. with uh, all the people I do know. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Interesting. Did you have another question? Um, I guess I have questions not really tied to that. Well, uh, kind of, kind of. This will lead into some other stuff. So, uh, just this can go to everyone, but like we talked about this last podcast, just the best part of the week, what's mm-hmm. going on, what's maybe best two things or something if you've had just an amazing week. Um, I'll, I'll go ahead and, well, your, I'll, your I'll send it around. Your worst thing, right? You want to let Keegan go first? Yeah, you want to swing back to you? Yep, yep. Oh, we'll you're going to put me thing. on the spot. Best thing? Yep. There we are. 
Ooh. Um, well, I think the best thing that I that happened to me this week was probably doing... I think I did better on one of my tests than what I originally thought I was going to do, so that's pretty good. Mm. Um, and I think being able to practice this week, because we talked about last week um, when we weren't going to have the pool until October, and then Friday hit, and all of a sudden we're like, yeah, okay, we're having practice, like, show up at this time. And so, um, you know, getting in the water and actually doing something instead of um, kind of just doing it on our own time has been kind of a good, like, pick-me-up. And, um, like, seeing everybody working hard, that's, that's like, kind of my, my thing for the week, my good mm-hmm. thing. So, Zach? Uh, did you answer what your worst thing was? No, we're not doing that. Oh, we're not doing this that. Okay, yeah, perfect. Positive yeah, all right, good then. Uh, my best thing was over the weekend, actually, my parents came up to visit. Um, I think, oh, hopefully, oh, they're definitely going to listen to this, so sorry for the call out. This is the first time they're like uh, empty nesters, as the term is, and uh, my brother's a freshman here this year. And so they brought themselves and the dog, and we got to see them. And that was a lot of fun, actually, because we just kind of hung out with them. Went outside, took the dog a couple places, and um, they got to see Victor, who's their other son as well. (laughs) Um, So that was nice, I think, for them and for us. And I got a lot of good food over the weekend, which stored into the week, which is great, always. So that'd be my answer. It's pretty good. Yeah. Tom? Oh, boy. Um, Well, just like... um just for fun, I guess. Um, so I've got a group of uh, priests that I'm friends with and their brothers that aren't priests. But um, during this whole pandemic time, you know, we used to get together for like in-person board games a lot more frequently and we've not been able to do that. So, but recently we started another role-playing game over, over uh, we use a, an app called Discord so you can see uh, pictures of what people are throwing up there and give descriptions of things and 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 of course you got your headphones on and your so i mean it doesn't really take away that much from the experience it's still nice to be in person because you can see each other's faces and we don't have that aspect of it but we had um we had a we had our a session on monday night that was a lot of fun so and we try to do that every week so that's been good uh, a close second though uh, some mutual friends of zach and i here mm-hmm. just the other day just yesterday we're able to get some ribs um, over at Circle Tap. They should pay us for this um, yeah, they should. advertisement. But um, it's just down the street on Locust Street. And in my humble opinion, they are the best ribs in town. Um, so if you've not had Circle Tap ribs, you need to give that a try. And I had not had Circle Tap ribs or ribs at all for no before pandemic for sure and so that tasted really good and i still have some leftovers in my fridge that (laughs) will not be there for very much longer oh geez i'm sure yeah it was my first time there and it's fantastic as well so i'll throw that in uh just kind of extension on the rib thing i love ribs but i'm terrible at eating them just uh i'm apparently a really messy eater so these yeah. these are so tender you don't need to even touch them. Knife and fork are fine. They just oh, fall okay. off. The really? Yeah. And I'm, I'll head over there at some point. Yeah, we gotta try that. That sounds good. So uh, my best part of the week, which Zach told me you'd very much appreciate this, was <laughs> I went and got groceries at Target, and uh, of course went to the toy mm-hmm. section because I love toys, uh-huh. you know, yeah. child at heart. Um, and I found a, I'm gonna say life size baby Yoda doll. That is very cool. And so I purchased it, best $20 I've spent all year. <laughs> um, and it is now perched 
on our window, facing out the window. I sent a bunch of pictures to all my friends. I, I really like Baby Yoda. Um, but he is watching down the McCarthy Hall entrance. So if you look up to the right of the entrance, you can see Baby Yoda. For any of the listeners, if you're walking into McCarthy Hall, go ahead and wave at Baby Yoda. He'll appreciate it. And uh, I'm going to check this out for sure. Yeah, and I think like that made me happy. And then when I was walking into McCarthy and I saw him the first time, I was like, anyone that sees that, I feel like they're going to be happy about that too. So it felt good to like bring hopefully a little <laughs> bit of happiness to other people's day. Like who doesn't like Baby Yoda? Come on. Yeah. I, not the same nearly as a, a life-size uh, Baby Yoda doll, but I, I needed a new mouse pad for my computer. I'm like, I don't want to buy this junky old boring mouse pad. Let's see what's yeah. out there. Um, and I was able to find a Mandalorian mouse pad with the Mandalorian holding Baby Yoda. Oh, it's man. adorable. So brings me happiness looking at that every day. So That's sweet. Yeah, I'm, uh, I'm assuming you're excited for Season 2 coming oh, up yeah. here soon. Big Star Wars guy? Definitely. Definitely. It's so, o- it's o- end of October, right? Yeah, or is it yeah. This month? yeah it'll so, be October. I think so. I think I it is end I of didn't October. Know it's, it's relatively soon, you know, considering all of, like, the you know covid stuff going on i thought it was going to be a while or i better go back and watch back, season one two or three yeah. more times before <laughs> it's really good it is trying to watch it one time maybe have you seen it? you saw it right? I, no i've seen it already one time yeah. again before yeah. yeah i'm just not as dedicated as father tom is here <laughs> <laughs> a true star wars good fan. stuff indeed mm. hmm. i mean well, if we want to stick to the star wars topic um what go ahead sorry oh i was just gonna say um if we had any questions we could go that way if you had something or i can come up with something yeah i was uh scrolling i I was watching i so i'm subscribed to not very many youtube channels but one is this guy called star wars theory shout out to him he's probably got like a hundred thousand times more listeners than us at least but he does like (laughs) star wars videos all the time and he did one where so, I don't know. I was just going to see what you guys thought about this. But it basically, like, Daisy Ridley, the actress who played Rey in the newest mm-hmm. movies, uh, was in an interview with Josh Gad. And he was... So, yeah, it was interesting. But anyways... <laughs> really funny. He asked her, like, what their game plan was for her character. And she kind of, like... I don't know if she was supposed to say this or not, but she came out and said that they had no game plan from the start on Rey's backstory. Like, in the beginning, she was supposed to be... Um, a Kenobi and then the directors changed of course and then they said she was going to be a nobody and then somebody said well maybe a Skywalker and then maybe nobody again and then they ended up with like Palpatine and they didn't make that decision till like filming the last movie so I know like maybe I don't know how diehard fans you guys are but I just thought it was interesting because I saw a lot of people were really upset about that because they're like how could you start making new movies and not have a way like a game plan for the main (laughs) character I don't know I didn't after thinking about it, like the Kenobi would have been really cool, but it also like would have been a total bash on like his commitment to the Jedi Order. I think because like he was like, I don't know. I don't see him like being a father of a yeah. kid. But yeah. so I kind of like in hindsight, I would have said, I kind of I don't mind the Palpatine thing, but like also my next answer would have been nobody. Like if she was just yeah. a nobody, which at first I didn't really like, but I don't so, know. Somehow tied to the Force, yeah. I could so, kind of see the the whole Kenobi thing if. In the sense it was, like, he raised Luke, and if it was um, some sort of in in that direction, like, where she was, like, a nobody, but then something happened to where he had to take care of her, and Mm -hmm. basically it was, like, 
he gave her her last name kind of thing. I think that would have been cool. Well, but Kenobi died in the fourth movie. Well, yeah, I know, okay. but <laughs> it's it's Time. a little it's it, the timing's all off. But I think if they could have figured out a way to like make that work, that would be the only way I could yeah. justify. I don't know, but not like a lineage thing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I've actually thought of, well I didn't know about that piece that you just added Zach mm. that they didn't really have a game plan although I, I will say as a Star Wars fan that does kind of bother me because yeah um, as as some of the creative choices that George Lucas made like in episodes one two and three I was not all that wild about he had a he had a story in mind and he, he had did. he had a plot and he had characters and he had it worked out very carefully in his head um, certainly for the original trilogy you know, episodes four five and six and and he and he tried to be faithful to that you know he wasn't yeah. kind of making it up as he went along they adapted of course yeah. as you have to in any movie making process but yeah so that does kind of that's kind of interesting to, to mm-hmm. learn that and then i i thought a lot about um you know is was their idea with these movies to show that look anybody can have the force and you know at the end of um at the end of episode eight, is that where the, yeah. the little kid pushing the broom, right, kind of, yeah. you know, force wields the broom over to himself. So the idea is that, okay, I'm fine with Daisy Ridley char- Ridley's character, Ray, being a nobody who has mm. the force. So it shows that this isn't about bloodlines. It doesn't matter if you're a Skywalker mm. or a Palpatine or a whatever. And then in, in Rise of Skywalker, oh, I guess it is kind of about the yeah. bloodline thing because you're very powerful because you are a Palpatine. Um, so it kind of, kind of, kind of brought you one side and then the other side and mm. kind of confusing. I was thinking about Kenobi, though, too, because, like, in the Clone Wars cartoons, he has, like, this romantic relationship with the Duchess Satine of yeah, Mandalore. He does. That would have been a kind of a cool thing. Maybe this is the, uh, you know, the um, the, the child of, uh, of that. Yeah. I don't know. But. Yeah. That's very true. I know. It's like... I don't know. Ryan, did you have any thoughts about the I guess I, I don't know. The These... Three most recent movies just uh, aren't aren't quite the same for me as the original like uh, hmm. six. Yeah, I think they were just had like a good uh, good intentions, but maybe not the best execution, yeah. in my personal opinion. You know, no no hate. They're, I think they're well done movies, but the story isn't necessarily the most put together. Although you could yeah. you could make the same thing about like episodes one through six. So. <laughs> Like, I I kind of felt like they were trying to like reintroduce Star Wars to a new generation, and so Episode Seven just seemed yeah, parallel to Episode Four. Yeah. And so, while it was good for like a newer audience, I think everyone that had seen like Four, Five, and Six or grew up with that, um, or had their parents kind of introduce them to that, it was just kind of like one of those things where it it was cool, but it wasn't it wasn't something that was like, hey, I want to watch that over and over and over again. Mm. It was like, yeah, I see it like once or twice and, you know, it's whatever. And then I think after they switched um, directors with uh, episode eight, I think that kind of threw a whole wrench into the the storyline because yeah. it, it completely changed where they were going. And then to change the directors again, yeah. it, it, it was like what happened here because some of the stuff from episode eight got completely thrown to the side for episode mm-hmm. nine yeah and obviously same for seven and eight but i don't know and of course the original trilogy had different directors too but there mm-hmm. seemed to be a better consistency in yeah. terms of the story arc that carried through but uh yeah i i, I remember i read something this summer about how 
this this one Star Wars fan was basically saying, you know what ruined it all actually was everybody's favorite, and that is Empire Strikes Back in terms of that's being the first movie where they kind of threw away the script a little bit and let's mm. let's change this up and but of course that's still my favorite of yeah. of the Star Wars movies and I think the one that kind of deepens the story the most. But I guess this guy's particular take on it was. If you want, if you're upset about these recent movies and they're kind of throwing away the script or they're kind of trying to surprise you with with facts, you can trace that back to Empire Strikes Back. You know, um, which is when we we find out all these other things like that Darth Vader is Luke's father. Sorry for the spoiler if nobody's seen yeah. it. But <laughs> that wasn't the original game plan. Well, I think I think it was. I, gosh, I I just watched a, a documentary on this not that long ago too, and I'm trying to remember. Trying to remember the discussion of that, I think, but I think Lucas had that in mind okay. pretty early on. But yeah, it's interesting. Yeah, to think of like what was planned from the very beginning, or if they even thought, oh, like we're gonna make a sequel to this. Like, right? They would have had to, hmm. right? Yeah. Or, or do you think yeah. they just With the made first, the first movie and no. said, we'll see what happens and go from there? I think they were prepared to make more movies, but watching that documentary, it was clear that they knew that their their one shot might be, that might that may have been it, Star Wars, mm-hmm. Episode Four, New Hope, and then nothing, but took off like a rocket, obviously. Yeah, so. yeah it did. Wasn't it just titled A New Hope in the very beginning? They didn't change it to four until after the fifth one, right? Or no, I think did it, it originally I, release I think as it originally Episode Four? Released as Episode Four in the scroll in the in everything, so. Hmm. I remember in that documentary they talked about a Return of the Jedi was originally going to be the Revenge of the Jedi, and they had like you know mock-ups of that all, and then they realized no, that's not a very Jedi thing to do, yeah. so they made it the Return instead of the Revenge. But like right up until release, almost it was the Revenge of the Jedi. Hmm. I've I've seen a video where they just move they move all the names of the first six movies around and then explain why putting in different like putting one of the names on a different movie makes more sense or something because like a new hope is should be luke versus anakin or something like that and yeah that's kind of interesting amazing how deep you can go with something that just came out of someone's head indeed Jar Jar is the best character. <laughs> That's, That's what a lot of people, um, I'm sorry, of your generation <laughs> seem to say. I'm like, what? <laughs> I get it. You grew up watching these bright movies, mm-hmm. and he was a likable character, a very kid-friendly character. But yeah. as, as someone who was already kind of a hardened, gristled, bitter Star Wars fan, by the time those uh, episodes 1, 2, and 3 came out, it's like, oh, no. What, what has Lucas done? <laughs> what is this character? <laughs> I think, um, I don't know if I want to bring this topic up a little bit and see where it goes, but um, we kind of talked about Disney stuff last week. And mm-hmm. so to tie this into the, like Star Wars and stuff, and um, it, it's kind of weird that now Disney owns uh, Lucasfilm and Marvel and Pixar and all these other, you know, different assortment of stuff that they have. Mm-hmm. Um but it's kind of cool how they're like using some of the same actors um, across their different, I don't know, universes, I guess. Um, and it just reminded me that um, uh, Padme in the original ones, movies, are is played by um, 
Natalie oh. Portman. Natalie Portman, yeah. And now she's going to be in the new Thor again after oh, yeah, starring. Because yeah. she was in the first hey, one. that's cute. And maybe the second one. And then, yeah, now she's coming back in the new That'll Thor. She was not in Thor Ragnarok, but she was no. definitely in the one. first two, I Yeah, think. I believe. I can't remember for sure. I thought there but she was, yeah, she was yeah, definitely yeah. in the first one. I think you might be right, actually. But, I yeah. don't know. I think that's kind of a cool, like... Yeah, it is. She may be coming back as, like... As Thor. Thor, yeah, which is interesting. That'll be cool to see. Yeah. There's a whole lot of potential in the imagination of Especially, like, the whole Marvel Universe. It'll be interesting to see where they go, especially with, like, Chadwick Boseman. Yeah. Um, No longer here, but... uh, I don't know. I think Black Panther kind of set up a lot of like interesting different storylines within Mm -hmm. like the avengers universe and stuff it makes i have not gone back to watch that movie again but after chadwick boseman died i thought i want to watch it again i enjoyed Mm -hmm. it the first i think i watched it twice at least um and enjoyed it yeah that was one of my favorite ones like at release Uh, it was was exciting yeah he's actually he's even just beyond black panther he was in a lot of uh great mo- great movies like uh 21 bridges and then mm. i think uh one maybe i think it was just called marshall about thurgood marshall yeah if I'm, yep yeah the well, one i really want to see is the um the biopic about james brown because i love james brown music which might yeah. be a surprise to people but i i do and i would love and he and i haven't seen it yet i think that's is it an hbo i don't remember who put that out? But I'll have to know. figure out how I can view the James Brown biopic with Chadwick Boseman. So, yeah, I hear it's good. Very I really good. liked him in Forty Two. That was another the Jackie one. Robinson story. That was pretty good. See, I still haven't seen that movie all the way through. I saw the beginning of it, but had to leave for some reason, mm-hmm. which is unfortunate. Indeed. You have any uh, questions? I had kind of another one. I guess it's kind of the same route. So hopefully that's not. Well, too much. Yeah, you kind of just brought up like some of the music that you listen to that surprises people. Is there anything that um, like that you listen to that I guess another genre of music or a artist or something that you really like, but a lot of people wouldn't know that about you? Yeah, um, I I have very eclectic music tastes. If I were to show you my, you know my iPhone here with all my you, you like it's all over the place I mean I I do I love classical music you honestly during the day or when I'm working in in my apartment in the evening on stuff or reading stuff I'll just have you know public radio in the background with classical music playing that kind of thing and that's so I do love that and have since since really childhood since since my sister pointed out to me that all of the music in Looney Tunes was really just classical music and then I kind of <laughs> fell in love with this stuff um, to you know, like Celtic music, to bluegrass, to um, to R and B and soul, um, and actually, and then like rock and what you you know, heavy metal. I mean, I not like super heavy metal. I'm not into like screaming into a microphone, um, but I I I I got turned on in high school to Led Zeppelin, um, and I I wore out the tape. Yes, that's how old I am. Wow. Wore out the tape of Led Zeppelin II in high school, practically, because I would just played that album over and over again. So I still love that stuff. Um, never really got too much in... I'm not a big new country fan, but I like old country. Mm-hmm. Never really got that much into rap, honestly. That was... But... Uh, uh, 
speaking on old country, how old of country are you? <laughs> I'm talking like, you know, outlaw country kind of stuff. Oh, okay, um, yeah. uh, so, you know, Johnny Cash and and some of those and Waylon Jennings. And actually even older, I like I like Hank Williams Sr., not Hank Williams yeah. Jr. And I like Hank the Third, who is his grandson, because he sounds a lot like his grandpa. So Dang. Hank Williams Sr. and Hank the Third, those are pretty cool. Um, I, I like Sturgill Simpson, who's a new um, a newer country artist at, who's done a lot of cool stuff. But he sounds like that old outlaw country. He sounds like Waylon Jennings or that kind of thing. And I shouldn't compare them too, too closely, but he's got his own sound for sure. But yeah, Sturgill Simpson, I like his stuff right now. Dang. Did you have something to say answer. about country? Well, I was just saying that uh, when you said Johnny Cash, I I love I Johnny, Cash. Johnny Cash. Uh, some of the it's like the older, like kind of grittier country versus like a new pop country. Yeah, I, I don't like the new pop country. I, I yeah. can't. I can barely listen to it. I appreciate that. There's definitely like a different genre of uh-huh. country. Like if you base that on like old and new, mm-hmm. it's two different sounds. Yeah, it is. Anyway, Zach, do you have, what was your... Well, it wasn't, like, super exciting, but it was just, like, a different way. I was just going to see what everyone, like, if anyone had something... My question would be, what is, like, the most interesting or your favorite thing you've watched, show or TV, recently? I was going to let you guys, I don't know, like, see what everyone's up to these days with that. I know, I know you're dying to answer this question yourself. No, I'm not, actually. I just wanted to hear what your guys' answers would be. (laughs) Oh, well, that's kind of well. I'm not gonna say it's a loaded question, but we're all we're all watching Peaky Blinders together, so that kind of uh, I'm gonna say that that's a cop out, so we can't say Peaky Blinders. <laughs> um, I don't know if I go first. Well, I've been dipping back into uh, '80s nostalgia a little bit here, and I just uh, I just burned through the first season of Cobra Kai. Dude. pretty quickly um, and again I'm old enough to remember watching the original Karate Kid when I was a kid and enjoying the heck out of that and so and then I someone had said oh this is really good and I'm like I don't know and then totally got sucked in it is really 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 well done well written hilarious well performed whole different take on this you know kind of yeah. this guy that was the stereotypical 80s jerk bad guy you know and you get, but you see, this is a guy that like, you know, the classic case of a guy that like kind of peaked in high school and then his life just went to crap after that. And you see, you know, what this, what the effect of that great fight with, uh, with uh, 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 Ralph Macchio's character did to this other character. And I just, it's hilarious. It is really well done. I, yeah, I watched that show uh, when it was on YouTube TV before Netflix. And I really liked, I watched it with one, like uh, Nolan, my roommate last year. And... All I'm saying is Danny's the bad guy, if you ask me. Johnny redeemed himself. He's turning his life around. Yeah, he messed up, but, like, he, he, he paints a picture where LaRusso basically started everything, if you think about it. Yeah. Mm, and, in yeah. the, and in the show, as an adult, he was so focused on beating Johnny. Like, I'm not going to say Johnny was a good guy. He's funny. But, da- like, LaRusso's sole purpose seemed to be to win, like, like, beat him again. And, like, Johnny was just, like, he's just an obstacle in his journey. Well, I like that you see that Johnny's got this baggage, like, yeah. from his stepfather. Oh, yeah. And then he's got this jerk for a sensei. And he's trying to prove himself, too. He's a lot more like these kids he's now uh, coaching than, than uh, he's maybe willing to admit, you know. Mm. 
Um, I, I just love that aspect of it. And you're right, there are moments in the show where I still think, ah, oh, Danny's still a good guy. He's trying to yeah. do these right things. He's super nice, you know, all this kind of stuff. But then there's like, wait a second, he's kind of like nefariously plotting behind the scenes and Johnny's character is trying to get his life together, you know. Yeah. Have you watched season two yet? Uh, I just started that uh, last week, I think, and I think I'm maybe two episodes into season two. Good stuff. Yeah, yeah. I'm excited for the third one. Indeed. It is, it is cool because, like, you, you were saying you watched Karate Kid when you were, like, a kid. And um, that's kind of like a show or a movie that's almost timeless because, like, I remember watching it when I'm a kid. And now mm-hmm. it's like, like, well, now they have the TV show, so people are watching the TV show potentially. And then potentially going back to watch the movie to watch the TV show. <laughs> so now it's like, re, it's recycled its life almost. Yeah. and probably even appealing to a new generation which is pretty cool and that's that that's the star wars is now a new generation and new generation and it's kind of fun to watch those like be timeless um for me i have a a couple little things i guess um to start the little stereotypical um like tv show i've been like i watched um Avatar: The Last Airbender with my brother before I came. I watched that this summer. Back to campus, yeah, and it's one of my favorite shows. Like I, I, this was like us rewatching it because we liked it so much, and then now um, I'm watching the sequel to that, The Legend of Korra, um, because I haven't seen it, and my brother kept telling me like, you have to watch it. You have to watch it. I saw it in my queue, and I didn't realize that was the continuation. Yeah, so she. Korra is actually the next avatar after Aang. Okay. And that's how that storyline progresses. Mm. Um, So I know there's a lot of people right now that are watching those, and they're glad they're on Netflix right now. Um, And then um, I wanted to talk about, like, one of my favorite movies that I saw this summer, and then one other thing. So, (laughs) um, (laughs) okay. Did you guys, have you guys seen or heard about that movie uh, Greyhound with Tom Hanks? I really liked Excellent. it. Excellent. And I kind of wish it was like based off a true story or or somewhat. I don't think it is. I think it's a little bit fictional, but at the same time, it was really intense and it was really cool to watch. Yeah. Um if you guys haven't seen it. I have not, it's, I have not um, seen it. I did hear about it though. So. It's this story about uh crossing um the Atlantic yeah. Ocean, or the, right? The North yeah. Sea, I think, was bringing supply ships. Yeah. And yeah. the German like U-boats yeah. kept attacking, and there was like this this area of water that um, the the planes couldn't. So they had air support on one side, and then when they were going into, I think it was Britain, that their planes would come out and get and then give them air support into the into the docks. But there was a strip of water that there was no air support. And so then they couldn't see the U-boats and all these other German ships and stuff. And so they basically had to um, take this entire fleet across this open area of water and to, to deliver supplies, I guess, to, during the war. So it's, it's crazy intense. It's super cool. It's I think only it's, like an hour and a half long. Yeah. And it is just like But it's, it's zero to six. It's like six... It's like 60 miles an hour, like, the entire time. It is time. fantastic. But there's also a really, as a priest, I'm like, there's a cool faith component in this mm-hmm. thing, too. He's got this, like, holy card up on his mirror. You know, it says, you know, Jesus Christ, same yesterday, today, and forever. And I'm like, wow, that was kind of cool working yeah. that in somehow, you know? Yeah. But, um, you know, this the, this captain of this destroyer is obviously a man of faith. And, and of course, he leads his people and, and saves this convoy. And it's, it's great. It is really well done. Mm-hmm. I really liked it. 
It's it's on Apple TV okay, Plus yeah. or whatever. So I yeah. don't know. It's hard for a lot of people to watch it. I think. Yeah. Um, but the last the last movie or show, I guess it's kind of a little bit of both. Um, this one's a little ode to my sister who um, made me watch uh, Hamilton while I was home over the summer and. I, I was kind of skeptical at first. I She had known all the songs and, like, knew them by heart, and she was singing them around, and here I was like, oh, this is getting really annoying. And then she, it comes to Disney+, Plus and she's like, yeah, you got to watch it with me. And so then uh, we watch it, and I, I just went in like, oh, this is going to be really annoying. And then all of a sudden, like, I loved it. It's it's so <laughs> it's so cool. Um, and so I was I've been listening to, like, the soundtrack of it and it's like 40 something songs Mm -hmm. it's like a two and a half hour musical but um yeah i've i i really enjoy that i really don't know i i've been watching uh a lot of uh animes but we don't need to get into (laughs) all those details there's we'll talk about i'll say attack on titan is probably something that i like really liked and watched recently but no one a lot of people won't know what that is watch it it's kind of uh it's pretty uh i'm not gonna say like messed up but it it does like a toy with your emotions i guess i'll say they they kill off a lot of characters even though it's like fictional you somehow are connected with the character and then it's weird how that works um not to switch topics here, but I think we kind of want to start working back towards the beginning. But um, I just had a quick question for you, Father Tom. Mm-hmm. Is there anything that you're doing in the community or um, anything that's like super – I think we talked about like what's important to you, but anything like a side project that you're working on or anything that um, is out of your normal daily routine that you're excited to um, – get into or you want to share or anything of that sort i don't have any time for side projects um well i guess there are a few things so i i uh one i guess it's a side project but it's kind of related to the work that i do both here as chaplain and the work that i do for the diocese of davenport for god knows what reason i decided i want to go back to school so um i applied for last spring and was accepted into a doctoral program through a uh, a university, University of St. Mary of the Lake, which is Mundelein Seminary, north of Chicago. Um, and it's it's mostly online. There are some in, in-person intensives, like in the summer, and I'll do another one in January. Right now, I'm in a course that's um, all online and asynchronous and reading on my own, which is fine. But, you know, um, and I'm enjoying it. It's all kind of on pastoral leadership, so I'm leading, reading a lot of books on leadership theory and that kind of stuff. Um, which I had never really touched before, and I always kind of thought, oh, that's that business guru stuff. I don't want to deal with that. But it's pretty good stuff, I have to admit, and I'm learning a lot. And so that's keeping the, that's keeping the blade sharp for me academically. Um, and uh, so that's, that's one thing, I guess. I don't, I don't know. That's, that's the big thing. Yeah, that's really cool. So what I'm hearing from that is you were looking at the man in the mirror, and you decided to make a change, correct? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Exactly. I'm sorry. I've been sitting on that pun this No, month. that's fantastic. <laughs> uh, which does lead us right back to Michael Jackson, which is where we started today. Mm-hmm. Any final Michael Jackson thoughts, Keegan? Oh, I don't think I have any. We should, we should just beat it and get out of here. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. Come on. Come on, Keegan. That was uh, really bad. 
You're telling me that wasn't the thriller of a joke? Oh, God. Wow, you guys oh, are gosh. good. I got nothing, so. I got nothing either. <laughs> I cannot think that quickly on my feet. Uh, nice. Well, nice. we just wanted to say uh, real quick thank you to KALA Studios for producing, for letting us record here, and for being like so helpful in this process. Um, hopefully, obviously, you guys would be listening to us right now, so thanks to those few. Um, continue to check us out on Apple, Spotify, Google, SoundCloud, or wherever you want to listen to us. That's all up to you. Uh, but in general, that's um, kind of credible, the full circle. So, And we want to thank Father Tom for coming here today and um, recording on our podcast. Good to it's be been, with it's you. It's been fun. Yeah. Let's go, bees. Pleasure doing business with you. <laughs>